Welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. How do we know which choices are ours to make? How do we know the best choices to make? Join me as my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here. I'm Debbie Hazelton on the Inside Track. My guest this week is a friend of mine who's been irresistible to many. She is just a bundle of fun, always has a hand to lend. I got to know her through ACB Radio. Oh my heavens, this is a great opportunity to be with Shannon Reese. Her show is Reese's Pieces. I don't remember if that was the original name but uh, Reese's Pieces. Do you like chocolate? Do you like coffee? Do you like good music? And most importantly, do you like to have fun? I like all of these. And so if you do, please join me, Shannon, at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, Mondays, for Reese's Pieces on ACB Radio Interactive. On my show, you'll get a lot of good music, a whole lot of fun, and maybe, if you're lucky, some chocolate. You can contact me when I am on air at Shannon at acbradio.org or Shazza59, S-H-A-Z-Z-A-5-9 on Twitter. Please join me for Reese's Pieces on Mondays on ACB Radio Interactive, particularly if you are in need of coffee, chocolate, or fun. Welcome, Shannon Reese. I'm having a week where I'm really thinking a lot about when I came to ACB Radio and and having been in radio before, but still remembering how I was so drawn to you a lot by your promo. (laughs) That was a great promo. It was. In fact, it was such a great promo that there was an uproar when they wanted to shorten the lengths of the promos, which everybody was in favor of except for mine. And so they said, well, we'll just grandfather you in. You know, I mean, everybody liked that silly promo. That uh, that was a great promo. It was Kelly, a great promo. It was, it was. Kelly Sepersia did a really good job on it, and he got it just what I wanted, and it was just busy and goofy just like me. So <laughs> It had all those great sounds. It and, did. And- so far, I'm not able to come up with that old promo, but you never know. You were on late at night back then, weren't you? Yes, it was a Steve Shannon and Steve show, you know, because it was uh, Steve Barr went ahead with Smooth Jazz, and it was me. I think it was 9 to 11. I know it was 5 to 7 UTC. That's when it was, and then and Steve Nomer came on after me. So we had a, and it was Tuesday nights. so we had a great, great Tuesday night on ACB Radio back then. I remember getting up, waking up at a certain time, and tuning you in just to get to hear you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I still try to do it now. It's just, you know, it's in the it's during the daytime now because it just fits my schedule better, and and nobody's here and nobody's running around wanting me, so you know, it's just easier to do it in the daytime. But I had to I had to try it at night again because I sure had fun. It was fun. I think of you. There are a lot of qualities that come to mind, but your laughter is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me start now. 
<laughs> well, you get us both going, and oh man! <laughs> oh yeah, uh huh, yeah. We laughed so much when I was visiting you that you I sure my ribs hurt for a week. <laughs> no, <laughs> I had to sit down. <laughs> uh, loopy ladies at lunch and all that stuff. Loopy ladies at lunch. Oh my yes. god. So tell us some things about who you are and some influences in your life of how you came to be the person that you are today. I'm a mother, first and foremost. Um, I am a Christian. I'm a barbershop singer. Don't ask me about that because I will, I will talk to you about it for ages. Um, my, <laughs> my, um, my grandmother, I would have to say, is an influence for me. She gave me a lot of confidence in myself, and she learned Braille when they found out that I couldn't see. And my mom tried too, but my mom, bless her heart, you know, she had stair step kids, and she just couldn't do it. She tried. I vividly remember her sitting at the Braille writer, but my grandma did, and it was neat because I could write her a letter when she was traveling, and just put it in the mail, and nobody had to read it or see it. I was just able to put it in the mail, and that's an and, interesting term, stair step kids. I never yeah, heard that. I think it means kids that are like right. a year yeah. apart. I was a year and eight days older than my sister. And then she is like two years or 19 months older than my brother. So she was 19 when she had me. They both can see. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are married. I'm the only one married with kids in my family, which that kind of makes me excited, <laughs> you know, because um, you'd think that, you know, they would be the ones to do that. But I wound up doing it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just stereotypically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grandma brailed up, brailed a lot of books for us in elementary school, because back then, you know, in the 60s, in the 70s, we didn't have note takers and digital braille files. And so everything was paper braille. I had to carry my, my Perkins when I got into junior and high school. I had to carry it from class to class. I had to carry my braille writer and these huge stacks of braille books from class to class. Did anybody offer to help? No. No. I wouldn't have not accepted it, but I think that they knew that I was very confident. My history teacher, though, he told me in seventh grade, he says, you know, I look at you coming up the stairs and all I see is a pile of books because I had so many things in my hands, I couldn't even use my cane. He was a sighted guy. And I think I was the only blind student he had because I went to a mainstream school. And he said, you have got to use your cane. You must, you must figure this out. I said, Mr. Johnson, I can't. I've got like nine books in my bro. He says, you have to use your cane. It is unsafe. He was right, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was kind of interesting to me when I think back on it that he realized how important the cane was. When did you first get a cane? In th- this was another sad thing. Um, in third grade, because they didn't give canes to kids, young kids, when I was growing up, and um, I had I to even eighth. fight. Oh, really? Yeah. Now I don't feel so alone. (laughs) Um, From then on, I just use it all the time. Wherever I go, I have to have my cane. I never, Mm. never not take it. I got to tell you this because um, this still cracks me up. We had Braille books in our school library, okay? But one of the books we had was a Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm -hmm. And I got so desperate for reading material that I would take out volumes (laughs) of the Encyclopedia Britannica and read it in Braille because they only had a couple of books, you know. I was so desperate. I would just read the Encyclopedia Britannica. I would just... (laughs) That's great. That is great. I I, I was really desperate because I wanted to read and I still read to this day. It's interesting that that your grandmother, you said, brailled books yes, for you? she did. Uh-huh. She brailled them for our school library. 
And uh, she did. I didn't ask my grandmother before she passed on, but they had a Braille transcription group in Monterey. And I don't know whether grandma was an initiative for starting it or if it was there and she joined it. But for years and years and years until I got out of high school, she was in the Braille transcribing group. And I used to go to their meetings and you'd have all these women. And of course, these were this is the old days. okay? so no computers, (laughs) no Braille printers. They had these old style Perkins and they just Braille and proofread and Braille. Uh And, you know, it was back in the old days. Uh, well, you know, that's interesting, because I didn't want anybody in my family to read or write Braille. My mother did, but then she didn't stay with it. And I was just as glad. I mean, yeah. did you, you had enough privacy? Nobody was? Yes, grandma didn't read anything. And and I, somebody else said that to me recently, that she was grateful that her mom didn't learn. And it never, I was proud that my grandma knew. I used to get the books that she would Braille for me. And I'd say, look, I'd go take it to my teacher. Look, my grandma Brailled this. Look here, That's it says sweet. Dave Oliveira, transcribed by, look at this, look at And they'd like, okay, 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 we get you. I'm like, this is my Aww. grandmother, you know. Yeah. So, well, um, I think a grandmother is a step removed, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like your mother, you know, would go into your room at night and say, oh, I thought I'd sit here and read your journal or your no, diary. She never, no, she never did that. And grandma didn't either. You know, no. she never, never did that. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I can see that, I guess. I might yeah. have worried about it with my mom. Yeah. You know. So you grew up liking to read. Do you remember any of your, like your first hardcover book or anything yep. like that? Yep. My grandparents got it for me for Christmas. It was Charlotte's Web. I must have read it a dozen times. <laughs> uh, loved that book. And then I got so, and then I decided, well, okay, I was going to read it backwards. So I read it from end to beginning backwards. Gosh. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. Know. I told you I'm strange, but I read it backwards and grandma's like, what are you doing that for? I'm like, well, cause I can. She's like, okay, whatever. You know, it's the only book I've read backwards. That's (laughs) That's hysterical. I love it. That's great. But see that, I mean, were you laughing a lot when you were doing it? Uh, No, because I was concentrating because I read, I read from, I didn't read it backwards, like, you know, from word to word, but I, I would read the. I would read the last page, and then I'd read the page before, and so it was really a messed up process. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know why. I mean, and there wasn't a lot of Braille books back then either, you know, so I was desperate, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but you also, you also had a science teacher you talked about once. Dr. Williams for chemistry? Somebody that just really oh. encouraged you. Yes. Yeah, he was he was great. When I was in college, I went to Monterey Peninsula College, which was the community college. And I didn't want to take geology because all the blind kids took that. All the blind students took that. And I didn't want to do that. I was really fascinated by chemistry. So I talked to my counselor and he says, well, he says, you've got you can take chemistry 101. And there's like, you know, two or three teachers that teach it. He says, if you want my opinion, I think you should take it with Dr. Williams. I'm like, okay. So I, I went, I, I decided I'd better go tell him because I didn't want to show up in his class. And, you know, because chemistry is chemistry and there's, la- there's labs and stuff. So I wanted him to be aware. So the semester, when at the end of the semester before, I, um, I went to his office and I said, you know, here I am. You know, I stood up, I had my cane and I, I just basically said, you know, here I am. I'm Shannon and I want to take your chemistry class. And there was this minute pause, and then he said, okay. 
okay. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I will never forget how he said that. And I'm like, are you sure? He says, yeah, well, he says, I will make this work. So what he did, I found out a long time later because he told me, um, because we actually got to be very good friends and it was, you know, it was really, I mean, we had some experiences that were just wonderful, but he told me that he went to see a couple of my teachers and they said, look, you know, you know, just, just think outside the box and she'll, she'll do it. And he did. So the first, one of the first, um, days I came into class, he says, well, here's, here's this molecule. And he was drawing it on the board. And I thought, okay, okay. Well, then I heard this clicking noise Mm -hmm. and he said, here you go, Shannon, here's, here's a water molecule. And he handed me this three-dimensional molecule that he'd made out of beads and the beads had because with chemistry you have different numbers of bonds so for h2o you had an oxygen molecule and a and then two hydrogens because oxygen has two bonds so basically i had oxygen molecule with two hydrogens on it he would build these intense sugar molecules Mm. i mean we would build these these long huge molecules and he would just sit there and build them while he was talking and then hand them to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't need, the colors were different. Like I think that uh, oxygen was blue or something, but the colors didn't bother me because I could count the bonds and he was just wonderful. And I got one of the top grades in the class. I was extremely excited about that. (laughs) What about things that have been hard or things that have been especially meaningful? It was pretty meaningful when I got my AA degree. That was as far in college as I went because I looked very hard into transferring, but back then it was still, it wasn't like it was today. If I had been my age, say today, or even 10 years ago, I would have gone on. Getting my high school diploma was extremely meaningful because there was some hard stuff. There was one time where I got an F in eighth grade math. So the teacher failed me. She was not a good teacher anyway. She, she said and did some things that I when I think about them right now, I understand why she said them, but she shouldn't have said them. Mm-hmm. Not to me, but to the class. So oh, I got an F in math and my dad, you know, he, I thought I was going to die. I thought my life is over. My dad, he's going, oh, I'm going to die. Well, he asked me, he says, why did you get that F? He says, just tell me why you think you got the F. And I said, well, she didn't help me after class. She wouldn't read the board, etc." So he went to the school and this was before the days where IEPs were really enforced and, you know, driven by law. Mm-hmm. So he went to the school and uh, said she got an F and she didn't. Ha- I didn't have the right Braille books because they kept ordering them and giving me the wrong books. She gave me a deficiency notice. It was the only deficiency notice I've ever had. Oh and <laughs> so, so my dad says, we have to do something about this. So they got the teacher in with my dad. I'm surprised my dad didn't lose it, but he was a good dad. They got him in. They got the teacher in with my dad. She changed the grade to a D, which was all they wanted. They wanted me to not fail. And then this happened on a Friday. The next Monday, I wasn't in her class anymore. I had a, they call them a homebound teacher. And that's where teachers come Mm -hmm. to the homes of sick children to teach. And she came to the resource room and taught me math for the next two and a half years. That's incredible. Did anybody ever work with that teacher to get her? I don't think so. It would have been interesting if somebody had said, well, why don't we have Shannon show us what she has been studying? What she has, They, what they she never did. did. They never, nobody asked me. Oh, <clears throat> nobody fuck. asked me. And that was, I know, and that was in middle school. And that was the first time I didn't have a, a resource teacher on staff. There was a room. And he came to the school to see me. But see, the, the problem with it was is that I was so good in everything else that I think it sort of shocked them when I couldn't pass my math class. 
And I would have passed my math class, but she didn't help me. She didn't help you, and you didn't have the right material. Did anybody right. ever realize they were bringing the wrong books? Uh, yes, my resource teacher did, and he got on the phone and was screaming at the at the place where they were ordering. The, I, you know, but but they never they never sent oh, the right ones. I never got the right book. Oh, oh man! And so my homebound teacher, uh, Mrs. Foster, talk about an influence. Um, that woman. She was amazing. And so she would call and she'd say, I want this book and you better, we will have this book. And they said, she said, if you don't have this book, you tell me which book you're going to send her and I'll catch up. You know, I'll get the yeah. right book. And from then on, I got B's in math. And that's all I ever wanted anyway. Oh, well, yeah. But I mean, I'm sure then she realized that you knew some, a new mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. And we went at my own pace. So, but we covered all the material. We just went at my own pace. I got tests just like everybody else. Well, sure. You know, I mean, that's um, not, yeah. But, but I mean, that first example sounds like being completely misunderstood and judged yep. based on that. Well, and then I don't think the teacher really wanted me there, to be honest. No. Because a lot of teachers had me and they're like, okay, what can I do to help? What do you, mm -hmm. you know, what do you need me to do? Mm. Wow. But she did not. I bet that came back to bite her. Mm, that's terrible. I hope so. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, Miss, uh, you know, ambitious one, I mean, you've gone on to do quite a bit with technology on your own, using the Mac, using the iPad and the iPhone. I had some help, I have to say. Well, I mean, okay. you, using the Mac was the steepest thing, uh, the steepest learning curve I've ever had to deal with but yeah I love the Mac I wouldn't go back I'm not gonna change I'm not gonna go back to Windows I remember a couple days after you got your iPhone asking you if you wanted to go back because <laughs> uh, yeah were dreading it and I said okay and it didn't take long and you knew do you want to talk at all about your daughter um I have two Rachel is 22 or she will be 22 on Friday mm -hmm. this coming Friday and then uh, my younger one I just turned 17 Eilish is in her last year of high school, and Rachel is studying hospitality at UNLV. Both great kids. They both live at home. Yes. When did you discover that Eilish was different? I think I knew when I was pregnant with her. I had this fascination during my pregnancy with uh, kids with Down syndrome, and uh, I think I kind of knew. So when I found out, I was more shocked about how the doctor told it to us than anything else. Um, but I, I, I kind of knew. Was it? I knew that there was. Cool? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, and you say, oh, you know, you know, well, you know, we, we, she, we're pretty much sure she has Down syndrome. And oh, by the way, we think she has AV canal, which she didn't have. And, you know, yeah. And he was just, he, he just had no decency at all. And, you know, and I just come off, you know, having her and stuff like that. And she'd been in the, then I had to go into the neonatal nursery with her because she was having trouble breathing and oh, it was a bad thing. But I kind of knew. I wasn't all that surprised. Did anybody give you the rap thinking that you couldn't handle this? No, no. And thinking about it, I find myself wondering if it was because my husband decided. In, in, because, you know, you hear about these kids getting taken away from blind parents. And yet I really think, I mean, I'm sure he's, you know, he does a lot of things. But I know you're a very strong parent from many things right. you tell me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if they just looked beyond it or if it was because I was older, because I was 39 when I had Eilish and 34 when I had Rachel. So I was an older mom, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we had our own house. And, you know, so so there was, you know, we were making enough money to support ourselves. So there was no government involvement. I kind of think about that sometimes and wonder, you know. Well, I know that you are not afraid at all to expect a lot from her and mm. of her teachers and other Mm -hmm. people in her life. You Mm -hmm. are one who steps right up and says what must happen. Right. Well, she got into some issues with me today because she's supposed to vacuum her room in the back hallway because she's learning how to vacuum her room in school and the back in the classroom and stuff. And so I figured, well, hey, she can do it here. So she got really annoyed at me. And I'm like, I don't care because she caught the two with me. She had to vacuum the dining room and the family room and the front hallway, too. I don't you know, I'm not going to put up with that nonsense. <laughs> so so she, you know, she's a little mother. I'm like, I don't care. That's, I don't when, care. that's when I would be tempted to say, well, maybe I don't feel like fixing your dinner later. I did. Yeah. I did. I mm-hmm. said, don't you even talk to me because I, I don't want to deal with you. And she hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> because, but see, and it sounds terribly mean, but I know what it's like to crave to do something when you're, you know, at your parents' house and your mom keeps calling your younger sister, Karen, Karen, Karen. And not you. Yo, yeah. I and know exactly you. what it feels mm-hmm. like. And so I, I will be doggone if I let her, you know, do that. Mm-mm. It's my responsibility to make her, and she does. You know, most of the time she doesn't cop a tube. Mm-hmm. She does her chores in the house. She takes out the recycling. She puts the dishwasher away. She hangs up her laundry. She's got chores. Mm-hmm. That's you know? great. That's great. <clears throat> it's good reality kind of stuff. I mean, and I know you work with her teachers, and they work with me. They're great. You know, they. My her teacher right now texts me uh, with every any concern. I get a text, or, or she'll call me. Your other teachers have emailed me. A lot of them text me. It's great. Yeah, and I know you you, uh, demoed the app on Main Menu about the school. um, Oh, the Infinite Campus. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, you... You know, you show the teachers, I'm sure, a lot of things about what can work for her and for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And with doctors and along the way, they've been good about dealing with you about her? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yep. great. Because they, you know, Lloyd, Lloyd will make them. You know, there was one mm-hmm. time where we were trying to do something and Lloyd just sort of stood back and let me handle it. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not going to get in her way because she'll kill me, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're, she's got great doctors and, you know, great teachers. We're very, very blessed. We are ready for contestant number eight. From Las Vegas, Nevada, under the direction of Kathy Sturm, Celebrity City Chorus. So I know you said don't get you talking about it or you talk all night, but I know that your singing is important to you. And, yes. And it's been a huge new accomplishment for you. Yes, 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 yes. I told you. <laughs> so how did you get into this? I was at a church potluck at one of the our church members' houses, and her housemate came up to me and said, um, 
you know, you have you ever thought about singing in Sweet Adelines? I'm like, I'd love to sing in Sweet Adelines. I've always wanted to sing in Sweet Adelines. And and so she says, well, you should come to rehearsal. It's every Tuesday night, etc. So I thought, oh, gosh, the valley's so huge. If it's 20 miles away, there's no way I can get there. So I said, okay, where's the rehearsal? And she gave me an address, which was like a half a mile from my house. I'm like, okay, this is Providence. So I said, all right, I'll be there. So I came there that Tuesday night and a couple days after I talked to her and it's just been singing from there. Um, I found out that the group has MP3 learning tracks so I can download the new songs and listen to them and learn them that way. I braille up all of my words. Mm. Choreography was my really big scare. There's a great choreography lady in my chorus who thinks outside the box and helps me. I just love it. The people are great. You know, they seem to like me there. They they pick on me all the time. They're like, would you please look at the director? You know, and they'll, they'll tease me all the time. And we just laugh, you know, and I'll say, Kathy, I really can't see you. Would you move? You know, and, and they just start laughing and we just, they just pick at me all the time. And I love it. And I tease them right back. Of course you do. Of course you do. I love it. That is so great. Oh my gosh. And what was this thing about you were out driving one day or? That was a friend of mine in the desert. Um, he, their house faces the desert and he had this ATV and we went out and he took me in the middle of the desert and let me drive the ATV around. That was great. I had so much fun. It was this Kawasaki Rhino and we, we were doing donuts and doing, you know, and just, he found this really long straight patch and I could just go as fast as I wanted to. It was great. I, I think I'm looking forward to not being, you know, needed so much with as a mom. You know, the kids are growing up. Um, so maybe get, going out and making new friends, you know, or, or doing stuff with the people in the chorus. And just sort of being with them and maybe trying to do something else that I'm interested in. Although I haven't quite figured out what that is yet. I would love to, to try square dancing. I love square dancing. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that next. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your spirit with us, Shannon, as we travel on the inside track. Thanks for being here for another edition as together we explore defining moments from there to here on the inside track. I'm Debbie Hazelton.